what fucking we're back uh your it's your parents, parents watch this. this the podcast where we watch movies your parents watched and then talk about why the movie made them the way that they are yep this movie uh we're doing under siege the steven seagal masterpiece from uh, 1992 directed by a man named andrew davis andrew davis clay <laughs> andrew and davis steven clay. seagal team up for a romp through the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yeah, this movie's hilarious. It's all about fucking uh, Steven Seagal being like a spec special operative guy, but now he's just a chef now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he single-handedly has to defend uh, uh, his ship that's being hijacked by terrorists and save the goddamn day and Honolulu, Hawaii. Also. <laughs> the day and Honolulu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the... The movie is about uh, there's a the USS Maryland has been retired from the U.S. Navy and it's making its final voyage across the Pacific. Yeah, and at the beginning of the movie, they're telling you like a bunch of fun facts about the ship. Like, uh, this is the ship that started the Gulf War. You know, the Japanese surrendered on this bad boy. Like, <laughs> they're really like hyping up all the atrocities this has been a part of. Yeah, I guess you know. To make the ship a character in this movie, you know, like those uh, fucking critics who are like, yeah, New York is actually its own character. Yep. It's like this with the ship. This movie's actually a lot like Titanic. Yeah, and that the ship is the true villain of it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the ship is the one who killed everyone you liked? The ship makes it bad. Well, let me do a summary, because I, w- I want to do it this okay. time. Okay. <laughs> so, it, the USS Maryland is being retired from the f- U.S. Navy, and uh, in celebration of that, they're doing one last cross-Pacific voyage, and the... The captain's like a uh, main lieutenant or whatever is Gary Busey. Gary Busey is trying to throw him a surprise birthday party on this ship full of nuclear warheads. Yeah. How else would you celebrate uh, the <laughs> having weapons of mass destruction? Yep, exactly. So what he does, he cancels every person who would have been on security. He sends them to the fucking... He's, it's he's for like, morale, though. It's because he wants them to have a good time. It's like, yeah. hey, you guys, stop worrying about nukes for just 10 seconds and uh, cut loose. Come dance with me. Let's have a party. Stop thinking about warheads. <laughs> and so he cuts them off, and then, surprise, surprise, the mariachi band that they flew in on a helicopter to entertain the partygoers was actually full of terrorists. And Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a domestic terrorist. <laughs> yeah, he is a domestic terrorist. Yeah. Do you got more for that? Because that was a fucking tight-ass summary. That was my synopsis. That's basically what happens, and then uh, Steven Seagal has to handle them one by one mm-hmm. until the uh, film eventually hits feature length, and then it just ends. Steven Seagal plays uh, the cook who has been relieved of duties for the night because they are getting the party catered by helicopter. Oh, yeah, and he's having none <laughs> of it. He's like, I think they really nailed chefs in this movie. Like, yeah. he's furious. They're like, hey, you actually don't have to cook tonight. And he's like, what the fuck? They're <laughs> <laughs> just getting mad that he doesn't have, he's got the night off. And he's like, what? It's the captain's birthday. What about his bouillon? He's like everyone we used to work with at Red Robin. Are you telling me you're fucking cutting me early? Yeah, I, <laughs> I need my hours. I'll kill you dude i'll kill you and he does yeah steven seagal was scheduled for five hours that day and he's fucking getting them over gary Busey's cold dead body yep um <laughs> yeah Old i fucking Steven, love that yeah because we find out that uh not only was he a cook but he also is a ex-navy seal yeah you find out he's got like a very you know sketchy dicey background Mm-hmm. Uh, but like every or the at least the commander of the ship really admires him, but everyone else fucking hates him, and he also hates them back. Like he is 
uh, I don't know. He's he's like the fucking typical chef that I've worked with, who's yeah. just a bastard to all the management, but you can't do anything about it because he's the only guy who can put up fucking eggs Benedict that <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah, he's a r- yeah. He reminds me of almost every cook I've ever worked with, to be honest. Oh yeah, and he's also um. He's oh also fuck. like okay. This is a movie that falls into uh, one of my favorite genre of films that we've covered a lot on the series so far, uh, which I've been calling the perfect man genre. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where it's just a guy who he's he has absolutely no faults. He's just exceptional the entire movie. Like the first shot of Steven Seagal in the kitchen is just like him telling a joke. It's completely incoherent. Yeah, but it kills. It's like, <laughs> oh, what's about what about a guy on the bayou? You know, and everyone's just <laughs> like, oh my god, Steven, you're too much. <laughs> it's one of those jokes where a guy's like, imagine if this happened. And, and you're and like, why like are you saying that? <laughs> I am imagining it and I love it. Why would you tell me anything that's not real? But then all like I'm just wondering like why his staff is even laughing at this. Like I would just fucking be so done with hearing this guy's shit if I had to be locked in uh, a ship with no windows with him, you know, for nine hours a day making bouillon. Um, yeah, I mean, my favorite part about working in a kitchen was trying to bum everybody out. So yeah, what I succeeded. would what I would do is like if anyone tried to crack a joke to me, I would stare at them dead eyed, <laughs> not move my mouth at all. And then I would be like, can I go now? That's also what you would do if we tried to ask anything of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any jokes or favors or commands? I'm like, Brad, can I get a side of mayo? You're like, can I please go home? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a waiter, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Knowing you, it seems like you probably could go home. <laughs> but yeah, I was like wondering why they were laughing at his bullshit. And then the next scene is just like him pointlessly throwing a knife into a wall perfectly. <laughs> and you're like, like, oh, that's, that's why everyone laughed. Yeah, that's why they're all nice to him. That makes <laughs> sense, actually. That checks out perfect. <laughs> yeah, if any of my bosses started getting good at weapons, I be like okay time to respect yeah time to start listening to what you have to say i think the only reason i don't respect my bosses now is because they don't know how to use weapons like i think if i walked into work and my boss just pulled out like a glock and shot a guy like in the same spot 12 times i'd be like okay i'll listen yeah you're like okay so how do we chop this lettuce Uh, okay i'll stay late (laughs) fine fine i'll stay (laughs) fine i will complete my agreed upon shift like i will stay for what you told me i had to work (laughs) yeah that was my favorite part about working with you is that you were always down to go home quickly yep really and i always did too i never finished the shift (laughs) one thing about me i never finish i always just start and then go (laughs) but yeah anyway so um uh, gary Busey, he's like the secret bad guy of this whole movie Absolutely. And they drop some hints like at the beginning, but like they're not really actually hints. It's just that he's rude to Steven Seagal. Yeah. But also on when I watched it uh, the second time I saw I caught a hint because when he was like telling everybody to stop, he was like canceling all the security guards shifts. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, well, that was part of his plan. But at first I thought he was just like a really cool boss. Yeah, it's like a boss <laughs> that was cool to a fault. Take the night off. You know, it's <laughs> like, hey, Gary's being way too chill about these nukes we've got. Yeah, leave the bank vault unlocked. <laughs> I know it's hard to lock that thing. <laughs> I always get the code wrong in the morning. Don't even worry about that it. That deadbolt is heavy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just turn the alarm on. Actually, don't even worry about the alarm. Nobody goes down there ever. 
But uh, yeah, and then the other evil thing he does before the actual evil stuff starts is he goes down to the kitchen and tells the tells Steven Seagal that he's not working tonight. Steven gets pissed and then he's like, "Okay, fine." And he handcuffs him and locks him in the meat freezer. Well, what happens is like Gary goes in and he spits in Steven's bouillon, which up to this point they've really put on a giant pedestal. Like the captain specifically says like, "Hey, I would really like my bouillon for my birthday." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's, like, <laughs> it's not for me, though. You know, it's for the morale of the crew. They don't even, like, talk about, like, they don't say, is this for a soup? Is he using it to, you know, dilute some chili, perhaps? No, it's just a big pot of fucking beef stock that they got <laughs> going over. And then Gary Busey comes over and spits in it. Yep. And then um, Steven Seagal goes crazy. He swings on him, punches him in the face, starts beating up all the other fucking officers around him, which is every oh, yeah. chef's dream, by the way, to swing on the G- uh, GM. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the fucking bouillon arc. Yeah, yeah, the bouillon arc, I think, is what sets this whole thing off. I think the bouillon is what radicalizes Steven Seagal. I also think the bouillon is why every time my mom goes on vacation, me and my dad only eat soup together. Yeah, you're just like... This movie taught our parents to know one dish and know it excellently. Let's do it Navy style. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're in the Navy. All our foods are water-based. Yeah, we're eating beef liquid until your mom gets back. Nothing solid here in the Navy. (laughs) You're at sea. (laughs) (laughs) Only way to to not get seasick is make sure everything you eat is in sea form. (laughs) Yeah, it's all liquids when you're off, off at sea. But yeah, they fucking lock them up in the freezer. Yep. And then as that's happening, they, they they fly Tommy Lee Jones, like the entertainment portion of the evening. They fly them out uh, to the fucking party. Mm-hmm. And uh, we meet Tommy Lee, and holy shit, he looks exactly like Mick Jagger in this movie. Yeah. Like from Rolling Stones, like when he gets on screen, I feel like I can smell the cigarettes through the TV. He just looks like every rock star to me. Like Yeah, but specifically Mick Jagger, because every rock star looks like Mick Jagger. Okay, and well, so I don't know Mick Jagger. Uh, from Rolling Stones. If you see an old aging rock star, if you see a guy <laughs> who looks horrible playing the guitar, you're looking at Mick Jagger. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> if you're looking at a guy with a bandana who looks like he should be dead. I don't get it. I don't know any rock references, but I get that one. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> an old man that looks like he smells and he has a bandana on. That's my man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and they're fucking playing the party. They've got, uh, they flew out Miss July, like a Playboy model, yep. to also be like the entertainment for the commander, you know? She, uh, uh, she's feeling seasick, so Gary Busey gives her some pills, you know? <laughs> <her room. laughs> gives her some pills and locks the door behind you her. You know, really treating her like a lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Giving her an undiscernible amount of pills. Well, he said, take two of these and call me in the morning as like a flirty thing. And, and then, then she takes like eight of she them. Yeah, she goes into her room and takes a whole bunch of them. And that's the last we see of her for a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit. <laughs> Which is very realistic. Yeah, and then know? it's like fucking party time. You know, Steven Seagal's locked up in the freezer. There's a private guarding him so he doesn't fuck up the party. Yep. Uh, Tommy Lee's shredding it up on stage. Uh, they're, they're looking for, um, you know, the chick, uh, Mr. Lie, but they can't find her, so... Uh, you know, we got a tight, good plan B. It's uh, Gary Busey dressed in drag. Oh, is that why he dresses That's in drag? That's why he dresses in drag. But it really doesn't seem... Because we were both saying this while we were watching it. Like, Gary Busey dresses in drag in this movie seemingly for no reason. Yeah. Seemingly just because Gary Busey felt like being a girl for a minute. And that's fine. Uh, it is that's fine. Allowed. I'm glad that Gary got to explore a side of himself on an Oscar-nominated movie. 
But like this was nominated for an Oscar. This was nominated for two Oscars. <laughs> I think both for uh, sound shit. Like it wa- it had nothing to do with the writing or the acting of. They this did movie. have good soundtracks. Did have this. good soundtracks. Great explosion noises. Mm-hmm. I say give him the Oscar. I say give it to him. I say <laughs> give him fucking best picture, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> best picture, best actor. I think Steven Seagal should get best actress. Also, he really carried that shit. Best supporting actor. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything. Gary Busey gets best actor and actress. Steven Seagal can get best director. Yeah. Because he directed the plot to save the (laughs) USA. I would also like to say that Steve, or sorry, that Gary Busey dressed in drag looks identical to Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) Like identical. Have Have you ever seen that one skit where with Trump where Giuliani dresses in drag? No, I haven't seen that. So there's this fun little sketch that President Trump and Giuliani did where uh, Trump uh, runs into Giuliani, is dressed as a sexy girl, and then he harasses him. He, like, grabs his fake titty or something. When did this happen? In the late 90s. And was it on SNL? I think it was just on regular TV. So Trump and Rudy Giuliani had a sketch show a la Chappelle's show? A la Chappelle's show, a la Mr. Show, a la... (laughs) (laughs) A la, a la the Amanda show. With Bob and David show. Yeah. A la I think you should leave. I can't believe they had a sketch show. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I'm sure they just had a sketch, and the sketch was really just a sexual assault happening. <laughs> Man. He does look, yeah, as soon as you, I think it's because Gary Busey, like, as soon as he put those, like, uh, he put some, like, weird panty thing on his head. And then all of a sudden he looked bald, and then it's like, oh, that's a Republican lawmaker. Yeah. Right oh, that's there. A, is that America's mayor? Right there? <laughs> <laughs> is that the man who saved New York? <laughs> the real world Spider Man? Is that the star of Borat too? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that movie. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Tommy Lee—they're all fucking playing music. Everyone's going crazy. But oh shit, this is when. The heist initiates. Absolutely. So Tommy Lee, he does a move that uh, is all too familiar to me. He's like, hey, who's the highest ranking officer on deck? Yep. And then uh, the guy presents himself. He's like, it's me. And Tommy Lee just fucking blasts him in the face. And then they just, you know, take lock the ship <laughs> down. They start their attack on the ship. But, like, that really reminded me of, like, uh, you know when you do a corporate? Yeah. And you're like, hey, so uh, who's the CEO? <laughs> <laughs> Next, I'm gonna see. You know, next time that happens, I'm gonna be like, "Who's the CEO? He's gonna stand up, and then I'm gonna kill him, and then I'm gonna <laughs> take over the company." Yeah, I like that. There was like 300 soldiers in that room, and nobody did anything. They were like, "Oh no, the commander got shot. Now we don't know what to do." Oh shit! <laughs> Who's no. gonna give the order to attack now? I guess this guy in a leather jacket. <laughs> I guess the guy in all the Men in Black movies is our boss. And then yeah, they just all get herded out of uh, the party room down like a series of hallways yeah and then they're all just fucking locked in a room they're like that that that's that yeah it's crazy like and that takes it's very convenient that this ship had a whole room that's just like the exact size of 50 people yeah just an empty room to keep soldiers in yeah keep <laughs> all the loose soldiers thank god we got a torture room <laughs> in here <laughs> otherwise how would we be usurped correctly well i just at this point in the movie almost everybody is locked in a room everyone except the bad guys have been locked in a room and the captain and the uh, well captain's shot dead i thought he was still alive up until now i guess he well yeah but you just spoiled the movie Uh, yeah well sorry (laughs) sorry i spoiled the movie on this movie spoiling podcast (laughs) but uh yeah i guess we should have said while that heist part of the heist is happening um gary Busey dressed in drag goes up and assassinates 
the captain. So now it's, you know, the fucking uh, full on the uh, uh, revolution is in effect. Yeah. The Tommy G- Lee Jones revolution. Yeah. Gary Busey also the whole time keeps saying, uh, welcome to the revolution. It's like you're steering and that's a like, boat. What do you think a revolution is here? Well, I think that's like a very progressive thing. You know, I think that was trying to like, I don't think that really got through to our parents' generation. But I think that that might be the reason we're all trying to start one right now, you know, because we found out how easy it is. I think uh, I will say I think this movie affected our generation. This movie invented civil unrest. I think it did. I think it affected us more so than the last generation by giving them or giving an unrealistic expectation of how easy it is to do a revolution. Yeah, because <laughs> like the revolution revolution that takes place on this ship is everything going perfectly none of your friends dying yep uh, and then they're all literally clinking champagne at the end of it like if a revolution is <laughs> clinking me just champ- hanging out with my friends drinking yeah. count me in baby yeah it takes 30 minutes and then they're all drinking and eating fucking meat out of their hands call me radicalized that's the that's the revolution i want yeah i don't like <laughs> they're all on the bridge steven seagal locked in a fridge the army locked in the basement <laughs> they're just on the bridge they've got a whole roast yeah uh and they're just like slicing tommy lee's just slicing hunks off of it and like flinging them to fucking all the staff yeah he's he, got. he frisbee throws meat to like all his boys and honestly that's the revolution i want like i don't want anyone to redistribute the wealth i just want someone to redistribute all the meat it really reminds me uh one time we were hanging out at a friend of our house uh, kyle kniff a friend of ours yep local funny comedian also uh meat-a-tarian. he's a friend of ours <laughs> a friend of ours we were with a friend of ours one of our associates <laughs> <laughs> now see if i said he was a friend of mine that would mean he was not a made guy <laughs> <laughs> kyle though he's a made man if you come for kyle look out for me and brad uh but we were at his place and he like he only eats meat yeah and so he was like let's fucking celebrate you guys we were celebrating our friend having a great set yeah <laughs> and he like pulls out a loin of fucking like a whole fucking leg of meat and just cuts off cuts us all off steaks yep. and then we like roast them over the fire in his backyard and he didn't give us any forks or knives or plates no we ate them off ripped pieces of beer couple uh cardboard <laughs> i had, <laughs> beer I, case had cardboard. A, I had a fistful of steak that i was just eating with my hands and like i didn't want to i felt like i was rude asking for plates and forks and knives because like he also gave us like you know forty dollars worth of free meat yeah it would have been very rude <laughs> honestly it would have been disrespectful <laughs> i would i would i bet it has inspired me to have a dinner party where i just i i handle the food and you guys have to bring all your byo plates <laughs> man my favorite part about that was cooking steak over the fire because you could not tell when it was not raw anymore no clue none of us could tell and then we all like there was a point where all of us were eating steak, like halfway done what we were eating. And then we brought out our flashlights just to check. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, oh, all of us are eating raw meat. Oh, oh we cool. all have food poisoning. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. We all got salmonella. <laughs> Hell yeah. I lived through that, <laughs> I will say. But yeah, so fucking Steven Seagal is locked in a fridge for not even kidding one quarter of this movie yep. a half hour of the screen time he's locked in a fridge trying to negotiate his release yeah i mean the good guys are really nowhere to be found for a lot of this Absolutely because neither nowhere. is the girl and she becomes his sidekick she does become a sidekick so what happens is uh tommy lee jones finds out that uh uh steven seagal is locked in the fridge and he sends some guys to go handle him and then while in the process of handling him uh he steven handles the guys absolutely he does a Uno reverse handle. <laughs> oh, <on> yeah. <laughs> Big time. Locks them in the fridge. Now he's a free man. Yeah, the boys come down into the 
meat locker and they just shoot every bullet they have into the <laughs> wall of the meat locker. And then Steven Seagal was like, uh-oh, sorry, boys, but I know how to climb. Yeah. And that's his trump card is that he was up a little higher than the bullets were. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> ladies. And then he killed them all. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, he, yeah, he kills them all. And then he um, uh, goes, you know, fucking sets out in the ship to try and figure out what the fuck is going on here. Yeah. He's, like, slowly clearing it out, you know, room by room. He stumbles into, like, the party room where all the shit went down. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, like, a big cake meant for the captain. And who pops out of it but that fucking stripper? Absolutely, she does. And it was worth every second of the wait because goddamn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that that scene rattled loose like a core memory in my brain. I thought I hadn't seen this movie before. I had seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, You've once seen I, this? Once I saw that, because uh, she pops out of, the ca- uh, out of the cake and starts stripping. She, like, takes her top off. Yeah. Those were some of the first movie titties I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Probably some of the first titties I've ever seen in my life. Wow. I vividly remember being like six years old watching the movie channel, and mm-hmm. this just came on. Hell yeah. And I was sitting there with my dad trying to hide my little boy boner. Well, congratulations to you. It must have felt nice to see how far you've come when you got a big man boner after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My life has really come full circle. <laughs> what I've been doing lately now that I'm an adult is I go back to all the videos I first jacked off to. And I think, wow, I'm good at jacking off now. <laughs> God damn, I've come a long way. <laughs> anyway, we cut to uh, Tommy Lee and um, uh, fucking... Uh, Gary Busey, they're chatting, hanging out. We get There's like barely any villain motivation in this movie. Look, like, Tommy Lee has been wronged by the CIA. He has been wronged by the CIA. Gary Busey's just kind of in on it because he was looking for a thing to do, it seemed like. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like he was bored and he made a friend, and now he's wrapped up in this terrorist heist. <laughs> Which, honestly, we watched the every se- every episode of the show I'm with Busey, and after knowing what his personality is like, that checks out. Yeah, all this seemed... This, yeah. I could totally see Gary Busey being wrapped up in a similar terrorist plot. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I could see myself being wrapped up in that one that same way, too. (laughs) If somebody was just, like, my boy, and then I was just following him, I could see myself accidentally becoming a terrorist. Yeah, a charismatic man in a leather jacket tells me to hijack a ship and steal some tomahawk missiles. I just might. My friend's like, hey, put this vest on, and I'm like, oh, you think it would look good on me, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Put this vest on and walk down to the legislature. You really think I could pull it off? (laughs) I'm like, dude, you always believe in me. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, Explain some of his motives here, mm. and it sounds like he's just like pissed off about the state of humanity. He's like listing the downfall of <laughs> yeah, he's people. Like, there's global warming, and also recycling's a scam. It's but it's very unclear, you know. It's very unclear. But also, the first thing he starts off with, he's like, "Humanity's fucked. You got STDs." Global warming. It's like, why is that one? For, why is you getting chlamydia n- top of the list here? <laughs> it burns when I pee, and also <laughs> the world is burning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really identify with the world here in that it burns when I pee also. Me and the world both burn when we pee. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, that's how I support global warming. That's how I became an environmentalist was I caught chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah it seemed like it seemed like he was a disgruntled cia employee but he didn't really say anything he about also the mentioned CIA. how he misses the 60s 
Yeah, he was like mad that he didn't get to like be a part of the counterculture movement. Do you think something? that just like inspired? You see like those fucking Trump guys who tried to ram the Biden bus off the uh, fucking road the other day? No. <laughs> Some Trump supporters tried to ram a Biden bus off the road after. <laughs> like Trump's Biden's bus, or does he have more than one bus? I like, assume he has a fleet. You think Biden <laughs> is a bus kingpin? Yes. He has I like a bus conglomerate. Do you think he made his money? I think on anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I think illegal activities in the Middle East. <laughs> I don't think anyone with a bus has any money. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they tried to ram his bus off the road, but I think all those guys are just like, we missed the 60s. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Why can't I wear flower shirts? I want to do the Watergate scandal. <laughs> was that in the 60s? Uh, it was in the 80s, but... I think it was a very 60s spirit. Let that riff stand, though. Yeah, how about nobody fucking fact-checked us? <laughs> <on the podcast? laughs> no get objections. get a lot of details wrong, and this shit's funnier if you just pretend they're not. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funnier if you believe uh, the events of the world just the way we do. Just go with us. You get what we mean, and that's <laughs> what's important here. <laughs> so Steven's like, now he's you know trying to fucking liberate this sh- uh, nuclear uh, warship. And he's got this broad he's got to deal with. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can we get some shit off this man's plate right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steven's really struggling with uh, everything, you know. He's just trying to deal with it. He, he, like, gets her aside into, like, a separate room. He's, like, uh, <laughs> he's like trying to explain or, like, get her to explain what, what happened. Yeah. And she gives, like, a very reasonable synopsis. She's like, I was flown out here as part of uh, your commander's surprise party. I was feeling really uh, seasick when we got on board. So uh, the, uh, the XO offered me some pills, and then I passed out, and uh, I just woke up in this cake. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you <laughs> babbling about over here? How am I supposed to comprehend what you're saying to me, you hysterical bitch? He slaps her and goes, calm down. Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> Dunks oh. her head in water. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's what I do anytime a girl explains anything to me. Relax. Next move is just to like try and lock her in a fucking locker. He's like, this, this is where you'll be safe. And then he like shoves her in and locks the door. <laughs> yeah, and then she just starts screaming. She's the other crazy. thing is this girl has clearly never been in like a military operation before because she just keeps being loud and complaining the whole time. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to be here. And he's like, neither do I. But unfortunately, like there's 300 guys with guns and we're on a boat. Yeah, unfortunately, our shit got taken over by terrorists. <laughs> I'm not stoked about it either. But you think when you're in the army, you roll with the punches. You think there was anyone like in the stairwell on 9-11 just pissed that it had to happen today <laughs> yeah <they're> like, <laughs> everyone's like trying to escape they're like you fucking seeing this shit <laughs> i thought it was gonna be next week <laughs> my wife's gonna kill me <laughs> <laughs> if i don't get if i don't get out of here in time to get groceries my wife is gonna You're be pissed like not even trying to escape just furious <laughs> about the situation just on the 13th floor pacing around that'd be me i Two weeks from retirement. <laughs> um, but I just can't believe that she wasn't down to sit this, sit this one out in a locker. Like, if, I, yeah. if there was a fucking attack happening, I, and, like, it's just Steven Seagal trying to, like, organize a force to, like, liberate it, and he's like, hey, 
you can just chill in this cupboard. I'd be like, yes, sir. If anybody tells me I can chill in a cupboard anytime, I'm like, yeah. Bro, that's what happened with the lockdown. They're like, hey, sit at your house. And I'm like, today I'm a patriot. Yeah. Today <laughs> I can't handle this one, Justin Trudeau. If somebody handed me a gun and was like, we have to go do something, I'd be like, uh, you know what? I think I'm sick today, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. But, uh, <laughs> I think I'm the type of sick where it can only be cured by sitting in a locker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is really, I really that, that that makes me feel like um, uh, like when I had to do my swimming test in high school. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm so sick that the only cure for this is sitting it out. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only cure is sitting tight. S- the only cure for this is sitting it out, but still watching everybody, so I have something to make fun of people about. Yeah, but <laughs> watching my friends not being able to do it while I don't even attempt. <laughs> that reminds me of the beep test in school. It's the beep test. Oh, you didn't do the beep test? No, it sounds like a behavioral training for dogs. It's continue. this thing they do in police training, but we also did it in hockey school, where uh, in gym class you would just run from one end of the gym to the other. And like back, and every time you go you there do and it, back, they give you a treat, and they press a clicker, and that's called positive reinforcement. Yeah, they press a clicker and throw a skittle in your <laughs> mouth. It makes it really hard to run after a while. <laughs> no, uh, the you have to run there and back before the beep happens, and uh, yeah, uh, no one would ever actually do it. Like it would always just be the kids who cared way too much about gym running, and then everybody else sitting out and watching it and pretending to be sick. Yeah, we never had that. I remember uh, multiple times being made run in junior high and thinking like this has to be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> First they make me come here, now they make me run. This is bullshit. I remember they were like trying to make me do the 1500 meters in gym class and I was like that asshole kid who was like, you know like those kids in math and they're like learning trigonometry and they're like, "What am I going to use this?" Yeah. That's how I feel in gym class. <laughs> <laughs> What's this even for? <laughs> Your teacher's like, "Can you play sports?" You're like, like, "Yeah, but I don't do this in them. <laughs> I don't run in soccer. I don't run for 1500 consecutive meters." Everybody just gets mad at me in soccer. That's what I thought the sport was about. I brought my own gloves and I'm the goalie i thought that was, <laughs> thought that was how you played the game yeah when i play sports i don't run i do the job of standing <laughs> i'm either the coach or the goalie me personally i like to hang out and get in the way and that's that's how i found that being a goalie was really the position <laughs> for me <laughs> um oh yeah so uh, anyway that girl fucking uh, she's able to just you know uh, yell at Steven Seagal until he agrees to let her be por- part of his strike force. Yeah, and uh, he like hands her an MP5 and just starts like mansplaining <laughs> this crisis situation. He's like, "All right, so listen here. An MP5 is an assault rifle. It's got two modes: semi-automatic and fully automatic. Now, semi-automatic means <laughs> yeah. the bullets only come out one at a time. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's like a- imagining that a girl wouldn't know what the word semi means." <laughs> It's just like the most ass. Yeah, dude, she's a lady. You have to explain stuff like this to her. It's like, I know this is a crisis, but there's always time to be a shithead. There's always <laughs> yeah. time to condescend to a woman, no matter how difficult uh, the situation may be. Uh, yeah. And like, also, I just want to say, MP5 is not an assault rifle, Steven Seagal. It's a submachine gun. It's a submachine gun. I know that from Call of Duty 4. And so do most girls, because I made them play that with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any girl who's been on a date with Brad would also know this. <laughs> and, like, I'm not a fucking gun loser. Like, I, I don't care. I just want to sig- He was just so condescending that I would like to condescend to him now. Yeah, <laughs> but he hands I, this gu- uh, he hands the gun to this girl, and she's like, "Um, I've got a little rule about killing. 
Uh, I don't do it. I just love my favorite part of this is like uh, 10 seconds ago, Steven was trying to shove her in a locker. And then after that, he's just like, "Okay, let me hand you a gun. Yeah. Yeah. You've convinced me. (laughs) Yeah, You've talked me into handing you this MP5. But yeah, no, her rule about killing people. She's like, I've got one rule about killing people. I don't kill people. Like mm-hmm. that's everyone's rule about killing people. That's I don't think it is. That's not your rule about Some people's people? rule about killing people is just don't tell people who you have killed. My rule is mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My rule is uh how much money are you paying me? My rule is I have to replace the barrel in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> My rule is let me use a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really like this movie, too, because, like, it's structured like a fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where, like, everything that happens is just to, like, get to the next action sequence. Yeah. Except for in a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, it would be, like, fist fighting, kung fu, elaborate choreography. But in this one, it's just, like, Steven Seagal literally sitting down while he's shooting people (laughs) with a submachine. Like, he's the biggest fucking fat ass. And he's not even a fat ass yet. He's just, like... Also, I want to say, like... It's not that he has a bad body in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that it's not nearly on par with any other action star of this era. Like, even <laughs> Charles Bronson's old disgusting body from Death Wish is, like, oh. peak physical form compared to Steven Seagal. Like, Steven Seagal <laughs> in this movie looks like my dad when he was going on a lot of walks. Yeah, his character in this movie is the laziest action star of all time. Like, Absolutely there's a laziest. part where he's just sitting on the ground, cross-legged, shooting people with an MP5, and I just expected him to, like, with his other hand, grab a Cheeto out of a bag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, somehow got an extra-large drink from McDonald's yeah. through the whole movie. He's always fucking one of those obnoxiously-sized plastic cups that don't fit into any cup holder. He's got a big gulp with him he while stops he's liberating this <laughs> the USS whatever. He stops shooting, and you think it's because he's going to reload, but really it's just because he needs to take a bite of his Frosty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Like, uh, there, I think there was a, there was like a year where action movies transitioned from being about fighting to being about shooting. And that year was the one where they stopped having to be hot anymore. (laughs) Because, like, after that, it was just, like, guys who looked like dads carrying machine guns. Well, I mean, we we also had Tom Cruise come out after this. Seagal really only had, like, a couple, like, mainstream action successes, this being, like, his most popular. This is an Oscar winner, which is insane. It's an Oscar nominee. Uh, I thought it won. (laughs) <laughs> it deserved to win. <laughs> it deserved to sweep the Oscars. After a la I saw the it. Titanic. Yeah, after I saw it, I just assumed it won. <laughs> I assumed it won everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I forget what I was saying. Shit. Oh, you were talking about. We were talking about how, like, once they brought guns into action movies, people didn't have to be hot anymore. Oh yeah, and then but you were saying Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, so we brought like Seagal had like his five movies, and then we brought S- Tom Cruise in for Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. which came out in like 1997 or something. And then we were like, oh, we don't need this guy anymore. Yeah. And now the only perfect man who, or the only guy who's making perfect man movies in Hollywood right now is Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's the he's the only guy keeping the genre alive and well, (laughs) purely because he's a Scientologist and cannot accept the fact that he has flaws. (laughs) Yeah, I really like. Yeah, I like that it went from Steven Seagal to Tom Cruise to Spy Kids. Like they just started getting shorter and better at shooting guns. (laughs) 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 
way less kung actually i would say there's more kung fu in spy kids than there is in <laughs> under siege honestly because there's two uh there's uh, like two knife fights like two choreographed <laughs> yeah. fight sequences and i will say they're fucking awesome yeah, I like, think there I, should be more knife fighting. I movies. think there should have been. They were really good. And do you like, think in British action movies they only use knives? It's all knife violence because <laughs> they don't have guns in Britain, right? They don't, but I think that they still use guns because it's like, wow, the movies, you know. <laughs> James got James Bond had a special gun he built himself that shot <laughs> knives. <laughs> Yeah, James Bond was just, he was able to stab people from further away than normal. He's like, I work for the government. And then he started shooting knives I out of his gun. I may works for the Gavna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to cover some James Bond movies on this, so uh, stay tuned. If you guys Very have a favorite, I haven't seen any James Bond movies, so if you guys have a favorite uh, that's uh, horrible, let us fucking know and we'll cover it. Yeah. Um,. Also, if you guys have other suggestions for movies, Scrap. send them our way. Don't, we'll don't, 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 don't. We'll read them. We might not do them, but we'll think about it. We'll watch the movie. Yeah, for sure. we'll watch the movie. We've we'll watched like triple the amount of movies that we've covered yeah. because they always end up being either too progressive or have too many scenes where it's like, I hate this. Yeah, the tricky thing with this podcast <laughs> is if you watch a movie that's too good, we cannot talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, fucking RoboCop. I hate RoboCop because it was too good of a movie. Loved RoboCop. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, Seagal is eventually, he's able to, like, establish some sort of satellite uplink with, like, the Pentagon, I guess. Yep. And he's able to, like, call in and explain to them the situation. And uh, they're like, okay, we hear ya. you. You have permission to do whatever you need to do. SEAL Team 5 is going to come and liberate the ship. And if they fail, we're blowing that shit up. Which places this movie, like, on the timeline, it places this movie right before the assassination of uh, Osama. Actually, fun little SEAL Team fun fact. There is no SEAL Team 4 through 5. I think there might only be, like, three SEAL. At least the time that SEAL Team 6 was established, there was only, like, SEAL Teams 1 and 2. And then they, like, jumped to SEAL Team 6 to make it seem like they had way more SEAL Teams. Okay. So SEAL Team 5 isn't real. And the reason is because uh, they get nuked or they get exploded almost immediately in this movie. Oh. So this is the real story of the time they tried to make a SEAL Team 5? Yeah, and then they died on production. (laughs) (laughs) That was the real explosion. That was a real helicopter. Those were uh, stuntmen. Yeah, those were all real guys. (laughs) May they all rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, he establishes a communique. They tell him, Hey, provide resistance, but then we're going to actually save the day and like but it's going to be like in 2 hours yeah, because yeah. that's always what happens when you get the military involved. It's <laughs> always going to be 2 hours. Yeah, it's always uh, way too long of a deadline. Like you could have ordered Domino's and it would have gotten to that ship before the military. <laughs> um we get a little more uh insight into the plans of Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones here though. They uh so we find out that what they're planning on doing is taking all the tom like the nuclear tomahawk missiles that were on the ship. They're going to offload those into a submarine mm-hmm. that pulls up alongside them. That's the plan. And uh so t- Steven Seagal, he's also uh in addition to being a perfect human man and uh, the bouillon expert, <laughs> uh he uh he's also an explosion uh, an explosives expert. Yeah. And he's able to like just fucking fast, you know. He's excellent at improvising. Rustle grenades. up a bomb right quick, and uh, <laughs> it's like a C four thing. Yeah, he knows how to cook a fucking soup and a bomb. Yeah, soup and bomb. He uh, he's got you covered for 
as long as you only he's like honestly things. anything with ingredients i can handle yeah i'm a big ingredients man <laughs> i love following steps uh <laughs> you throw a lego that's what they should have done throw a fucking lego set at him just distract him <laughs> take all the fucking bombs while he's putting some shit together for ages six to twelve year olds um but uh yeah so uh anyway so seagal like escape he jumps off the fucking boat and he like swims over to the uh a uh, submarine and then plants a fucking explosive on the submarine, blows up the hull. Mm-hmm. Is able to get back uh, aboard the ship. But yeah. oh, fuck. My favorite part, by the way, before you move on, yep. was uh, Steven Seagal's underwater gunfight with the people on the submarine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he, they're like sniping Seagal, and he's just like dodging the bullets. <laughs> he just like, I don't know if this would work in real life, but every time they shoot at him, he just submerges underwater, and then the bullet just like doesn't get to him. I did. F- uh, bullets only travel about three feet underwater. So if uh, Seagal was able to, like, submerge three feet, consi- like, if he could submerge three feet, get shot, and then come back up and see where they're shooting him from next, and then submerge another three feet, yeah, sure, he's on board. But what <laughs> happened was is uh, they started hucking grappling hooks at him, too, <laughs> and that was what got him. You know, he could yeah. dodge bullets, but not a fucking hook. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's all bloody, but he's able to, like, pull himself back up to the deck of the main, like, the battleship. Mm-hmm. And... uh um, I think the grappling hook scene is uh, why fishermen use fishing rods instead of guns. I think until 1992, every every fisherman was trying to use guns to catch fish. Yeah, and they then they saw that hook and they were like, wait, that would be way easier. We could just <laughs> scoop them out. No, I think, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they probably started with the hook and then someone invented guns and he was like trying to nope. start something new, you don't think? I think the way you I think said nobody it is ate, right. You, nobody ate fish until we invented guns? I think it it was guns and then fish. That's the order of invention. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> but Seagal, he like surfaces. He comes back aboard the ship. He's about to get shot. It's dangerous. You know, he's about to die. There's a guy in front of him, one of the henchmen. He's gunned to his head. Mm. And then the henchman gets shot from behind. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. It's the broad. It's Miss July. Mm-hmm. She's gone back on a rule. She kills people now. Yep. She finally learned what semi-automatic means. Yep. <laughs> Finally, Steven's words got through her girl brain. She was like, rules were made to be broken, and then she <laughs> shot a man in the face. Uh, but I should have said also, at some point like during this whole sequence, they uh, liberated a couple of the guys who were like trapped in one of the rooms. Mm-hmm. And like Steven was like trying to you know, get them all on board, like, hey, you guys, we got to fucking rise up against uh, these terrorists who are going to try and kill Honolulu. Uh, and one of them was like, oh, I, I, you know, he was like the laundry guy who was having cold feet. He's like, I'm just a laundry man. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I go to Mexico on vacation. I don't really need Honolulu. Yeah, and then Seagal just snaps. He's like, you're in the Navy. It's not a job. It's an adventure. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is Navy propaganda. Yeah, I'm pretty pr- sure that's what it says in Navy ads. Yeah, that sounds like a slogan. That sounds <laughs> like, that sounds like it, like anytime in any, in any of these war movies, the Army has to sign off on it before they get <laughs> it gets released. I'm sure that was their one note. Like, hey, can we? Can you make Steven Seagal say uh, our Navy slogan? You ever see those Navy commercials that come on where it's just like a guy standing on a ship and then the it goes like the it just fades to black and then U.S. Navy comes yeah, on yeah, the screen? Yeah, I have seen those. I would like if that's how this movie ended. <laughs> 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 you find out this was just a 90-minute ad for the Navy. Yeah. This was a feature. I guess it was in a way. It was a feature-length ad for the Navy. <laughs> I think all war movies are feature-length ads for whatever part of the military. Absolutely. Oh, we should watch Top Gun. That's a feature-length ad for the air force 
Yeah, me personally, I'm more of a getting Top Gun guy myself. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Anyway, wh- <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, Larry Seinfeld's song. Yeah, Brad, uh, Brad Rift Seinfeld. Larry the Cable Seinfeld. Not as hard as it looks after all. I'm thinking of a new character called Larry the Cable Seinfeld. Oh, nice. Who who are these people, and when can I get her done? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with getting her done? <laughs> if you don't know how to get her done, you might not be a redneck, and who are those people? <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> Larry the Cable Field. <laughs> Larry the Cable Seinfeld is my new character, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start wrapping this shit up because it's about time for the final battle here. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the lamest final battle I've ever seen in any Perfect Man movie. Okay. Um, I mean, it, wa- it, wa- it was tense, but what, okay, so what happens is Gary Busey is on the submarine. He's organizing the transport of the Tomahawks to the sub. They're on there already. They're armed nuclear. It's fucked right now. But they, there's one thing they didn't account for, and that's Steven Seagal, his bubbly personality, and all his friends that he made along the way. <laughs> 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 and that's how much everybody likes Steven. It is, because like Steven, like because if this was Jean-Claude Van Damme, he would have handled everything himself. Steven yep. Seagal, not about that. This movie is really about teamwork. It is, and only uh, because of Steven Seagal's laziness. <laughs> yeah. Steven Seagal is so lazy that he was able to bring a ragtag group of misfits together to cover his ass <laughs> <laughs> and handle this fucking movie. So he just like... They're all like in the gun control room of like the missiles or whatever. Yeah. And they're like as a team, you know, they're like fucking launching rockets as <laughs> yeah. into the fucking uh, submarine. And they're like, you know, l- they shoot one at misses. They're like a little to the left. And then they <laughs> move it a little to the left. And immediately get a direct hit. Yeah. The second shot, it's a direct hit. They all high five. <laughs> Gary Busey explodes. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then um, Tommy Lee Jones, he just starts losing his fucking mind. Because he's on the original ship, not the submarine. Yeah, he's still in, like, the command room of the main ship, and he's just going crazy. Like, he sees it gets blown up, and he's like, Aah! and then he just, like, <laughs> ducks down into the room, which is exactly how I act when every- anything goes wrong. Yeah, I dude, just this movie is... coherently and then order people around. This movie taught us to scream by ourselves. Like, yeah. this is why every time I'm driving, I just fucking shriek the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Anything something doesn't go my way, I yell until I fall over. Yeah. <laughs> yell until something else stops going my way because someone <laughs> heard how loud I was yelling. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah. I wrote down uh he does everything I would do, which is yell erratically and try to nuke Honolulu. Which I think <laughs> would really make me feel better in a crisis situation if I could just like erase a city yeah man sometimes i could erase a city of people on vacation sometimes i wake up in the morning and i'm just like oh i got way too much on my plate today and i think nuking a city would really help me solve those problems yeah i think if i could wake up in the morning you know nice nice cup of black coffee (laughs) and a detonator on my (laughs) folgers dark roast and a fucking nuclear bomb (laughs) oh that'd get me going 
you're like taking a picture of your launch wow. codes and your coffee and putting it on your Instagram story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mood. <laughs> Gonna have a good day today. <laughs> it's the simple things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Seagal like tries to go in and handle Tommy Lee, but Tommy Lee actually captures Seagal in a rare reversal right, of fortune. He captures him. He has him like in his fucking base. He's like explaining his uh, uh, plan to new Kauai to him, which sounds pretty fucking good. Uh, it's like what? It's a pretty basic evil guy plan. Yeah, you know, like normally in these scenes where it's like the villain has the he- hero right where he wants him. He's got like a very elaborate plot for world domination. Yeah, he also has like. Even if it's not elaborate, it usually results in, like, the evil guy getting something. This yeah. This guy has nothing to gain from nuking Hawaii at all. No, at this he's point... He's like, there's like no like ransom money. They're not going to pay me to not nuke Hawaii. I'm just going to nuke it, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I respect this guy. He's like, he knows that he's lost. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, fuck it. <laughs> what can we do? He's playing yeah. the cards he's been dealt, and unfortunately those cards are nuking Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got one card that says nuke and one that's just blank. Yeah, goddamn, he'd love a royal <laughs> flush, but unfortunately we got the nuke cards. No aces in my hole, only misses. <laughs> um, and Seagal's like, uh, or Tommy Lee's like, do you have any questions for me? Which is sweet that he's like, you know, has time for yeah. uh, Q&A period in this uh <laughs> Uh, <laughs> He's like, because I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> we got two more minutes before Hawaii is gone. Yeah. Uh, so let's chat. Let's bro down. <laughs> and uh, Seagal's like, uh, just one question. Why are you doing this? <laughs> That's a good impression. This <laughs> 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 is one question. <laughs> Seagal talks like he has like fat guy jowls, but he does not have them. <laughs> I think he talks with his tongue in his teeth all the time. Yeah, Stevens, you know, like those guys who are having seizures and their tongue goes into the back of their mouth. That's how <laughs> Steven Seagal talks. Like he's always about to have a seizure. <laughs> I like that you said those guys ha- that have seizures. You know like those fucking se- guys <laughs> like that's who are always like a personality seizures? trait. <laughs> <laughs> we all know one of those guys. You guys know seizure dudes? <laughs> oh, you mean diabetic people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've met a, I've met a couple. <laughs> you mean epileptics? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like regular guys, but they're just big into seizing. <laughs> Like you know when you're hanging out with that dude, your your buddy Jason, and he just starts fucking freaking out. <laughs> that type of guy, <laughs> <laughs> always trying to make it about him. Yeah. Uh, uh. So Stevens like, who do you think you are? What do you get off my boat? Vomiting words all over <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tommy Lee's just, oh, you know, I'm an overworked military man. I'm tired of t- taking people's problems and fixing them, and nobody's grateful. And uh, Steven Seagal is like, uh, you and me are the same. Only difference is I'm not sick of their shit yet. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, fucking, like, spins it around on him, somehow whips out a knife that he had or something, and they get into a... Yeah. Get into a knife fight. It's funny to relate to a guy and then try to kill him right after. Yeah. <laughs> like, usually it happens where you, like, stab a guy and then you're like, you know what? We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> yeah. But it's usually after the fighting when you start, like, yeah, seeing them as down. human. <laughs> <laughs> Steven's, like, that's how I know he's a savage, man. He doesn't want to humanize anybody. <laughs> he Absolutely wants, not. Or no, sorry. He wants to humanize everybody before he fights them. Oh, yeah. He's a man with a heart of gold. <laughs> he's like... 
<laughs> he's like lining someone in the scope of his gun, and he's like, "This guy has a family." And then he pulls the trigger. Three kids. He just like <laughs> says all the names of his children. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny, bed. Jamie, and Jeremytrius. <laughs> 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 but I, I want to say how the knife fight ends because it's truly some of the best. Co- like they can get away with having no choreography through the entire movie by just the way that. Uh, Steven Seagal disarms Tommy Lee. Uh, yeah. So Tommy Lee like tries to stab his face. Yeah. And Steven Seagal just effortlessly bites the knife out of his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Ah, and then throws that aside and then stabs Tommy Lee Jones in the head and throws him into a computer. Man, Steven Seagal is like a human Great Dane. Like one <laughs> of those dogs with the sloppy ass mouths. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think that's like a, a grandpa fantasy right there. Stabbing a terrorist in the head and also destroying a computer all in the same move yeah i really like that he stabbed him in the top of the yeah. head fuck you al-qaeda <laughs> and fuck you email <laughs> <laughs> yeah this taught our parents that uh if you can try to break the computer <laughs> get it in there t- i know it didn't do anything wrong explicitly but fuck it up why that, not that scene is why every time email doesn't load my dad just starts smacking the <laughs> laptop <laughs> <laughs> my dad's a big laptop smacking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Some, a couple people have told us the reason his laptop doesn't work is because it's been smacked too many times, and he'll still smack it. Love <laughs> me and your dad are like two. You know, we're uh, we're two peas in a pod. <laughs> he'll buy a new laptop and then smack the new laptop <laughs> that day. <laughs> I love beating technology. That it's work so funny. Me. Treating technology like a dog that shit on your carpet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now imagine how he handled Brad when he wouldn't clean his room. Uh, <laughs> Brad also got beaten so hard that he doesn't work anymore. <laughs> That's why I refuse to get a job, man. <laughs> But uh, anyway, the movie ends with uh, Steven Seagal successfully deactivating the nukes that are on route to Honolulu. Yeah, he just types something into a computer, and then the nukes are like, yeah, he's right. Thereby saving the day, earning the respect of his commanding officers, and finally agreeing to put on his goddamn uniform. But he still has to be a chef. (laughs) Yeah, he still has to be a chef. (laughs) They're not going to promote him back to the military, even though that's clearly his dream. (laughs) (laughs) They're just like, thanks. And also, can I get like a can I get like a steak sandwich or something? Yeah, it's still we're still doing steaks more, right? Can I? Can you make me like a grilled cheese? (laughs) Hey, uh, thanks for liberating us, but like we're all really hungry. (laughs) You just saved the entire island of Honolulu. And also, can you make me a grilled cheese? Anyway, back to the kitchen. You got a new pot to pot of bouillon. You got it whip up bologna and mustard you know how i like it we're all hungry for broth can you uh here's your bronze star where's my bologna (laughs) (laughs) so that's fucking under siege what'd you think of that bad boy it was a legend honestly it was uh not as problematic as some of the ones we've seen in the past but i do think like it is uh it is one of those movies that speaks to the men that are watching it does speak to the men in the dumbest possible way this gives uh this gives every loser you've ever hung out with hope that he could, ha- you know, rise to the occasion. Like, I've met a lot of fucking lame-ass line cooks who, like, you know, like, those guys <laughs> who are just, like, they make minimum wage. They have never, they haven't showered in the entire time you guys have worked together. And they drive, like, a car with a hole in the floor to work every day. <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, they're, all, they're carrying themselves in a certain, like, in a way that they, like, respect <coughs> themselves more than you respect yourself. Man. 
There's always a guy who works at, in the like in the kitchen of a restaurant who's like, I wish someone would try to rob us yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously. <laughs> and that, like this movie inspired all of them. All of those there guys. There used to be this one guy at McDonald's who was like a we would always talk about what would happen if McDonald's got robbed, and he was like, well, my spatula has, like, a blade on it, so I would probably just slit the guy's throat and save the day easily. <laughs> well, here's what I would do. <laughs> He's like, I would probably just win, personally. I'd probably handle it. Me, personally, I would just uh, solve the problem. What would you guys do? Get robbed? <laughs> Get murdered? But, yeah, this is, like, one of those movies where if I would have saw it as a, a kid, I would have left the theater thinking that the events of the movie were going to happen to me. Did you ever have movies like that? Yeah, there. I mean, maybe I would start not like movies, thinking I was in the universe of the movie. Yeah, there. I, there'd be things in movies I'd see where I just assume I'd have to deal with that in real life. So <laughs> quicksand was a huge portion of those. Uh, I don't know, lots of shit. Um, any romantic comedy situation? Man, when I was a kid, I thought I was gonna be like on the receiving end of a lot more heists. You know, <laughs> like I watched a lot of movies that made me think someone was gonna try to steal something from my vault as a kid. <laughs> I was also always on edge because my dad told me that for sure somebody was going to try and kidnap me at some point. <laughs> he was like, "It's just one of those things that happens to everyone." <laughs> what a life your dad you must have. <laughs> hey, dad, do you need to like maybe talk to someone about your childhood? <laughs> yeah, what because happened? it seems like you're expecting. Some stuff. What happened to you to think that everybody is going to get kidnapped? <laughs> I like there's like different types of unrealistic expectations your parents can have for you. Like my <laughs> dad thought I was going to be a doctor, and yours thought you would get kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jokes on you, bitch. No one tried to kidnap me. But they were the both a hundred percent sure about their predictions. That's yeah. what I respect. The closest thing, the closest I've ever been to being kidnapped was one time in Best Buy. I accidentally walked out of the store with a guy who looked a lot like my dad. <laughs> 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 Nobody, you know, he didn't try and lure me. He just had on the same pair of pants as my dad did, and I did not bother looking up. The closest I've ever been to being kidnapped is sometimes I go on the road and I ask a local comedian to crash on their couch instead of paying <laughs> for a hotel. <laughs> and at about 2.30 in the morning when the house falls silent, that's like that feels like you're kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> I start wondering if I'm ever going to see the light of day again. <laughs> Do these doors unlock from the inside? <laughs> uh so what that's the movie. Progressive re do should we remake it, re-release it, throw it in the garbage? I think if we remake it, we have to make the revolution a lot harder because you know, like I said, I think this movie probably inspired our generation to fucking revolt so easily at the drop of a hat. <laughs> yeah. Just I mean. because we'll assume it'll go perfectly and none of our friends will die and we'll all be drinking champagne the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that uh I think this, like, we could re-release this whole thing, though, except we would have to make the girl know about guns. Like, maybe instead of uh, him mansplaining guns to her, he, he, like, only has a knife, and then she's like, you know what would work better than that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then pulls the AR-15 out of her pussy, you and she's like, one of these? let's knock some guys out. <laughs> Yeah, I, w I would correct. I would. I would like to have the same mansplain sequence, but when uh, Seagal calls an MP5 an assault rifle, she gets in there and just shuts them down. Yeah, damn, that would be a real boss babe maneuver. That would be a very boss babe maneuver. We need some more girl boss energy in this movie, I think. Because when she pulled her titties out, I didn't even think that was hot. But if she corrected him on gun knowledge, I would have thought that was fucking something else. Yeah, well, 
That would have really done something to me. I will say her pulling her titties out is one of the most deep-seated memories I have in my brain right now. So <laughs> that's, that's probably so my earliest memory in life, I think. <laughs> I saw these movie titties and had a flashback. Yeah, it did. It fucking rattled something loose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm different now. <laughs> I'm not the same guy anymore. It was like a core memory being revealed to me. It's like, uh, oh, this is why I am the way I am, because I saw some awesome nips in Under Siege one time. I'll salute to that. Salute. Salute. You got anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Good movie. Check it out. Great movie. We uh, tune in. uh, What did it teach our parents? I I think that they can handle anything. uh, That women don't know anything about guns. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, maybe uh, being lazy is a, 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 a that's good. Being lazy encourages teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that inspired all every terrible supervisor. Like, you know, like those, uh, you ever like work a job where like the whole fucking team works really well together and it's only because the boss has no fucking idea what's going on. So <laughs> yeah. you guys just have to like handle it yourself. Yeah. That's like this. I think that, m- I think this movie inspired uh, that shitty supervisor. <laughs> I think this movie inspired uh, teachers to make us do group work all the time. <laughs> This was why I had to do group projects with a bunch of with four kids that were all dumber than me, and then we all got the same mark. <laughs> you heard it here first. Brad fucking carried his uh, group projects. I did carry them. Brad's a genius, excellent at making dioramas. Good at math, good at everything else, too. Hell yeah, baby. Uh, that's the fucking show. Thank you for listening to it. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a review on the old iTunes. Review us on iTunes. Uh, If you want to know what movie we're watching next week, follow us on Instagram. Tell your goddamn friends. Yeah, tell your friends about this. Follow us on Instagram. We announced the movie, uh, you know, a fucking week or something, a couple of days before or whatever. Yeah. Uh, It'll be good. Follow me also, Keegan underscore BD. I'm I Hey Brad. Yep, I'm going to post you. on there soon eventually. Message us about what a good job we're doing. Any suggestions you have for the show? Literally any anything. Just communicate with communicate us, Communicate with us. We like to hear from you. We lo- if you got suggestions for the sh- literally, yeah, talk to us. We love you. Talk to us, gooses. Yeah, this podcast was just a ploy to make friends. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get one DM a week. I don't care how many downloads this shit has. <laughs> so if any of you guys want to hang out or something after this, <laughs> don't be afraid to reach out. Leave us a review with invitations to parties. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Later.